Uh, today we are continuing our series, Unshakable, and we are going to, what we're doing over the rest of this month is we're just simply taking a look at how our faith in God, regardless of what we are facing and who our God is, is He is a God who is unshakable and unmovable even when we might not feel that way. Uh, I saw a story about a guy who bought a waterbed for him and his wife. And so they got the waterbed, they moved it into their house, and then once they got it there, of course, the one thing you have to do is you have to fill it up with water. And so he went out to get a hose in order to hook it up to fill up the, the mattress or the bed with water, and, and he didn't have a hose. And so he went to the local hardware store, bought a hose, went inside, hooked it up to a spigot, put it into the, the waterbed. He and his wife decided they are going to go out to eat while they were filling up the bed. And uh, so when he came home, as you can imagine, he comes home, and his entire bedroom floor is absolutely flooded. Now, what had happened is he ended up buying the wrong hose. He bought a soaker hose. And, uh, and I saw that story, and you know, I am not, I've told you before, I'm not a handyman. I have no idea what in the world I'm doing. And I thought, that would be me. I mean, that is something that I would absolutely do. Now, the fact of the matter is nobody likes it whenever things don't go their way. Uh, I'm one of those people, I like it when everything works like it's supposed to. Uh, I like it when everything in my life is smooth sailing and I never run into any problems. I mean, that is like the ideal for me. Now, I know that life doesn't work that way, but for some weird reason, I'm just holding out hope that everything is always going to be good for me. But that is just not the way that life works. And, and I think you all know this. I mean, you, you know the same thing, but you're just like me. I mean, you are, you are holding out hope that things are going to work out always your way. But eventually, you're going to find out they don't. And whenever that happens, one of the easy things to do is just to get frustrated, to quit, to call life unfair, and to just simply give up. Now, that sounds, you know, sort of reasonable at times to me, but that is not what Christians are called to do. Uh, for those of us who are followers of God, whenever we find ourselves with our back against the wall, and there are going to be those times when that's going to happen, we are called by God to be a people who live by faith, to be a people who hang on to the promises of God. Uh, we are told in Ephesians 6.13, this is why you must take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Now live long enough and you and I are going to find out that there are times when things don't work out the way we want them to. Uh, live long enough and we're going to find out that there are times when we are going to find ourselves with our back against the wall. And so when that happens, then the big question for us is how are we going to respond? When your back is against the wall, when you don't see a way of escape, when you don't see things working out your way, as a follower of Jesus, how are you going to respond to that? And that's why we're looking today in Ephesians chapter 14, or excuse me, Exodus chapter 14, in verse number 1. If you have your Bible and you want to turn there, you can go ahead and do that. But what we're going to see is the Hebrew people were in a place in their lives where their back was against the wall and they did not have a route of escape. And so, so what were they supposed to do? 
well, we're going to see some things that they needed to be aware of when their backs were against the wall that we need to be aware of as well that can really help us and that can teach us. Now, in the scripture we're looking at today, since we're in the book of Exodus, uh, you might remember and recall that it's called Exodus because that is when the Hebrew people exited out of Egyptian captivity. They'd been in captivity for about 400 years, and a guy named Moses came along. He led them out of Egyptian captivity. He gets them out of the land of Egypt, and they're moving towards the Red Sea, where they're going to cross the border, make their way into the promised land. But as they're on their way doing that, something unusual happens. Uh, They end up in a place where they have the road they were traveling on that was in front of them. Behind them was the Red Sea. And and Pharaoh decided all of a sudden, he's like, you know what, I don't think I want to let them go anymore. And so he sent his army after them in order to destroy them. So the one road they can travel on, they have an army that's coming after them to kill them. And they look behind them and they have the Red Sea. So this is where literally their backs, it's against the wall. They're caught between a rock and a hard place. And so the question is, well, how are they going to respond? That's going to be a question for us as well today. And I think there's a few things that we need to be aware of whenever we find ourselves in a position in life where we don't feel like there's any any route of escape for us. So what do we need to be aware of? Well, we can look in our text, and and there's some things that I went through in this text, and I've read the scripture before, but this very first one is one I'd really never recognized before. One thing you need to be aware of and that I need to be aware of, 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 there are times when your back will be against the wall because God put you there. Now think about that. Sometimes God will put you in a place where there is no humanly possible way of escape. And you can feel alone and you can feel like you're rejected. And that's what's going on in our text today. So if you look in In verse number 1 of chapter 14 in Exodus, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, and so they've already made their way out of Egypt, Tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Pi-Haharoth, and between Migdal and the sea, you must camp in front of Baal-Zephon, facing it by the sea. Now, part of this story is a little bit shocking to me, and and I'll get to that in just a few moments. But but what's interesting is is God had finally brought the Hebrew people out of Egyptian captivity. And you might remember that years and years before, God had promised the Hebrew people that He was going to give them their own land. Are you all familiar with that? You know, the promised land, the holy land. God said, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. You go all the way back to the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 12, God had a conversation with this man named Abraham. And it was actually at this point he was called Abram. And here's what he told him. It said, the Lord said to Abram, go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And then God said, and I will make you into a great nation. He said, I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And then in verse 7, the Lord said, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you this land to your offspring. Now the people who were in captivity, this was made hundreds of years before 
But now the Hebrew people are living in Egypt. They're no longer in that promised land. Now, you, you might recall why they were no longer living in Israel. Y'all remember the story about, about Jacob? He had some sons, 12 sons. One of them uh, got a coat of many colors. Y'all remember that guy? You remember, what's his name? Joseph. Y'all, y'all better than the first service. They were sacked out today, so I'm excited. That's right, so it's Joseph. And so Joseph's brothers were jealous. And you remember what they did? Like they should do to any young child, sell them into slavery. So they sold him into slavery, and he ends up in the land of Egypt as a slave. But somehow, as you read through the book of Genesis near the end, God works in Joseph's life. He ends up moving from being a slave to the prime minister of Egypt. A huge famine comes. Joseph's smart, blessed by God, saves up all this grain. And lo and behold, Joseph's brothers have to come to him begging for food. And so Joseph gives them food. He relocates their family to Egypt. So that's how they end up in Egypt. But they, they become so prosperous, eventually the Egyptians are like, man, we gotta, we got to keep these guys in control here. So they make them slaves. And so for 400 years they're in slavery, but the people knew about the promises in Genesis 12. God said there's going to be a day when you're going to go home. And this land that I've given you, it will become yours. And it starts to happen here. So Moses is leading them out. They're leaving Egypt. They're making a beeline to the place they've always wanted to be. They're excited. But then something strange happens in our text. And it's verse number 1. If you look in verse number 1, I've read this so many times, but it just sort of jumped out at me this time. It says, God said, tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Pihaharoth between Migdal and the sea. Now, I've read that before, but there are two words that got my attention this time. God told the Hebrew people they are leaving Egypt. They're leaving, and God said, tell the people to turn back. Now, what's that all about? They're leaving, and God says, turn back. And the place where he told them to go to, it was not a great spot. It was a place where there's no escape. It was a place where they are sitting on a road they've traveled down. Now the Egyptians are coming down it to kill them. And then right behind them, they have the Red Sea. I, look, I said, that's horrible planning. It looks like the people are going to be destroyed. Now who, who told them to go back? God did. And you know, there, there's something about that that's interesting to me because there are times whenever we will all find ourselves with, with our back up against the wall. And whenever I find myself in trouble... I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of times, and I'd say most times, my back is against the wall because of something I've done. And so I look and I was like, man, what, no, no, what, what, why am I in this situation? And generally it's because of stuff that comes out of my mouth. Uh, Brian Regan, I don't know if y'all are fans of his. I love Brian Regan. If you don't know who he is, that's your loss. He talks about words coming out. Of, he said, words come out of my mouth like a, flock of, like a flock of doves, and I can't get them back. That happens to me sometimes, and I get in trouble. But, but here's what's interesting. Did you know, though, that there are times when your back can be against a wall, not because of what you did, but because God put you there? Now, what do you all think about that? I mean, I look at that, and I think, well, I thought God was nice. 
you know, I thought God wants the best for me. I thought God was supposed to be looking out for me. I thought he was supposed to make me comfortable. Well, you know, God's goal in your life and in my life is not to make us comfortable. His goal in your life and in my life is to be glorified in our lives. So, so regardless of where you find yourself and regardless of what you are experiencing in your life, did you know that God has power to use it in order for His name to be lifted up? doesn't matter what you're going through. And sometimes God will allow you to get in a place like that so that we can see His power and strength. You know, one of my favorite verses in Scripture is Romans 8.28. It says, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and have been called according to His purpose. God can take anything in your life and He can work it for good. And sometimes He will allow your life and my life to be backed up in a corner to where it becomes evident that the only one who can give us victory in a situation like that is God Himself. It doesn't matter what you're facing. You may say, well, well how could God do, some of the, do anything in my life when, I, when I'm struggling like I am? Just a reminder, do you know God's big? God has power over all things. He can work all things together for good. For those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. Now look at the Israelites in our text. Where are they? Well, they're backed up against the Red Sea. There's one road. Who's on the road? They're not on it anymore. It's, it's the Egyptians. And they're not coming there in order to celebrate. They're coming there in order to destroy the people. But the Israelites didn't have to panic. Now can you imagine that? No, don't worry. We have nowhere to go. They're coming to kill us. Everything's going to be all right. Now, now, why didn't they have to panic? Well, it's simple, because God had made a promise. You know what the promise was? God said, I'm going to take you out of this land, and I'm going to send you home. Now, you might say, well, God maybe makes promises like that to the people in the Bible, but he doesn't make promises like that to me. Oh, yeah, yes, he does. Do you know that God gives you promises, too? You know, if, you're, if you're a follower of God, did you know that God has promised that He will never leave you nor forsake you? It's a promise. Did you know that God has given you the promise of forgiveness? That He's given you the promise of eternal life? You know, let me tell you something. When God makes promises, He keeps promises. He always has and He always will. And sometimes we have to get to that place where our, our, backs up, our, our backs are up against a wall before we're able to see that. So whenever you feel in that situation where you're boxed in, be, be aware of this. Sometimes God puts you where you are. But, but here's another thing to be aware of when our, our backs are against the wall. It's that. It's this. I, and that when our backs are against the wall, our vision oftentimes become, becomes much more clear. Now, now look with me in verse number 3. It says, Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, they are wandering around the land in confusion. The wilderness has boxed them in. And then God said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. Then I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. 
Now, whenever you are experiencing a difficult time in your life, boy, it tends to clear up in your mind what's really important and what's really not all that important. Have you ever noticed that before? You know, whenever, whenever you're facing a real trial in your life, the stuff that, that seems so important to you, you know, stuff like, you know, like, like, you know, games or, you know, about who's going to come out on top and maybe in your work, all those things. Now, those, I'm not saying those things aren't important, but it's what's primary, of primary importance when you are facing a life and death situation, your vision tends to get a little more clear. You begin to realize what's truly important and what's not. And, and I look into our text today and I think, you know, I, I really believe that's where the people of Israel, that's why their back was against the wall, because God was trying to get their attention. You know, I, I've noticed in my own life as an example that, that my prayer life becomes much more fervent and much more active when I feel like I'm boxed in. You know, when do you, in your own life, when do you tend to pray the most and the hardest? Things are going your way. You know, when you're just sort of cruising through life. You find yourself on your knees much when that's happening. I guarantee you are wearing the knees in your pants out when you feel like, man, I don't have any hope. The only thing I know to do is call out to God. Now, this is where we are with the Hebrew people. They are at that place where they have no other options except for to say, we can't do it on our own. God, we need you. There are times when God will allow you to get to that place so that you'll see a little bit more clearly. You know, being boxed in sometimes can readjust your focus in life. But you have to get to that point where you're desperate. Yeah, an example of this for me is as you know, as you get older, there's some stuff that that begins to change for you, and you know, in, in particular physically. And uh, you know, I figured out you know the the older I get, even though I'm in tip top shape, you know, the older I get, that that my stamina is not quite what it used to be. I don't run as fast. Um, I get sore. You know, it used to be I just get out of bed and I could just get up and just start running and do whatever, and I, I felt fine for the rest of the day. I can't do that so much anymore. Um, the other thing that I've noticed recently is also as you get older, your, your vision starts changing. And it's bizarre. I mean, just in the last, like, couple of months, um, the, the, I can't see. And so, you know, I look at the words on this. I have to get a new Bible because these words are, are they're t- they're tiny words. And so, uh, so you know, I'm, I'm still keen. I've had this Bible forever. So what I've been doing is I've gotten older. So it, it, it keeps getting like this. And then for those of you who know, some of you know what I'm talking about. And you, you kind of get to a point where you can't get it far enough away from you. Before long, the podium's going to be this high. And I'm going to be looking down at it. So I can't, it can't get far enough away. And so I have resisted. And it happened in like a day. You know, it's like one Sunday I woke up and I was like, I can't read my Bible anymore. What's going on? And so you kind of shift stuff around. Uh, but, but one thing I refuse to do is reading glasses. Because when you get reading glasses, you're old, right? And so, and so I, I have like this, you know, I've just had this like pride about that. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. And so, you know, I've, I've watched Emily, my wife Emily, she's been old for years because she wears reading glasses. And then, and then uh, Heidi Lorenzetti, she's uh, been wearing them for years. And so I've just, you know, I've just sort of held off for a long time. But man, it's finally gotten to a point I can't do it anymore. And so I broke down 
And I bought these beautiful glasses right here. And so, and, but, but here's what's interesting. As soon as I put them on, and y'all haven't worn them today because I'm still struggling with that. But as soon as I put them on, I, I, can, I, I can see, you know, and it's, and it's great. And so I'm not, it's, I'm not straining my eyes anymore. But I, had, I, had to get, I have to get to a point where I was desperate before I would actually get help. Okay, so in a similar sense, the Israelites had to get to a point where they were desperate before they were willing to trust God. Did you know there are times when God will allow your back to be up against the wall so that you and I will become desperate, so that we will learn that God is trustworthy. God's not trying to kill you. God's trying to get you to see that He is trustworthy. We just sang a song a while ago. He is my refuge and my strength. Psalm 46, 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid. Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with its turmoil. The, the best way to learn that God is your strength and your refuge is when you are alone and weak. The people of Israel were to see the power of God when they were alone and weak. So there's some things that, you know, to consider, to be aware of when your back's against the wall. Sometimes God puts you there. And whenever your back is against the wall, it is then an opportunity for you, for your vision to become much more clear about who God is. And this is the last thing to be aware of. And that's this. When your back is against the wall, it's an opportunity for God to be glorified. And the last verse I'm going to read, it is, it is verse number 4. It says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. Then I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Now, in life, I think most of us like to think that life revolves around us. You know, I know that in my world... That you know, if, I, if I'm not feeling well, if things aren't going my way, I have a tendency to be very narrow in my thinking and think if things aren't going my way, then the entire world economy is off kilter because things aren't right with me. And so I think, well, things need to be right with me, then that means that the world will be in a better place because the world revolves around me. But, but here's what you learn. Life is not about you. And it's not about me. It's about God. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, it says, Whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name, and you'll notice it does not say Eric. It says, You do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So, so whenever our backs are against the wall, when my back is against the wall, then I think, well, how can my thought process change? Because naturally, my, my natural thought process, when I feel like I am trapped, is to say, why is this happening to me? Why am I, you know, why am I, why do I always get the short end of the stick? You know, why is this junk invading my life? Now, instead of me having that kind of response, which is very natural for me, this is what I'm working on. Where my response is going to be this. 
Lord, as my back is against the wall, how can you be glorified in it? Now, let me tell you, whenever I actually do that, it, it changes my perspective on things. Instead of me looking at the world as always going against me, I begin to look at everything that I encounter in life that it has purpose, that it has meaning. Because it is an opportunity for me to say, God, in this situation that I don't like, that I don't think is fair, but God, how can you be glorified in it? That gives everything meaning and purpose. Now, I think there are way too many people, whenever, whenever things come our way and we feel like we're getting the short end of the stick, we get to a place where we say either God is weak and cruel or He doesn't exist. And so we just give up. When God is saying your back is against the wall because I can use it in order to bring glory to myself. You know, anytime we lose sight of purpose, we get in trouble. You know, there's a, the story of the Taj Mahal, you know, that, that beautiful building in India. And the reason why it was built, it was built because the favorite wife of the Shah uh, died in 1629. And so he had her, bo- her body brought out to where the Taj Mahal is. And, and they, began to, they began to build that monument to her around her body. They built it for years. And it so happened that, that one day, whenever the Shah walked in, he tripped over a box. And he told the workers to throw it out. Now that box was his wife's casket. But in all of the building, he had lost sight of the purpose of why they were building it, and he threw his wife out. Do you know that happens to us with God? We forget this life. This life's not about us. And then when we're just living for, to please me, the world revolves around me, and we end up throwing God out of our lives, and then we wonder why we're in such a mess. The purpose of life is for God to be glorified. God wants to be glorified not because he's ego-driven. It's because he understands that he is Redeemer. He's Savior. 2, Timothy, or 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, but he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. Now, Pharaoh in Egypt rejected God. If you read through the account in the scriptures, God sent ten plagues upon the Egyptians. They ignored every one of them. They defied God. They wouldn't pay attention. And so finally God gets to a place, okay, I've got to get their attention. I'm going to show them that I got, I'm God. The way I'm going to do it is I'm going to take my people. I'm going to put their back against the wall. And as they come in to kill my people, then God said, I'm going to split the Red Sea wide open. And when they see that, and when they see it coming down on them, they're going to say, oh, he's God. See, God put their back against the wall that he might be glorified. And it could be right now that you're in a corner, that you're boxed in in life right now because God wants to do a work of deliverance. Because God wants to show through you when your life is in a corner that he is God. And he wants to use you in order to lift himself up that others might be drawn to Jesus. Isaiah 41, verses 8 through 10. 
says this, it says, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I've chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend, I brought you from the ends of the earth and called you from its farthest corners. I said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. So God says, do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. When your back is against the wall, God says, I've got you. He says, I will not let you go. He will never forsake you nor leave you. He will lift you up in the midst of your trials that He might get glory. So if you find yourself where you're sort of pinned in in life, I just I want you to be aware of a few things. could be God put you there. And if you're boxed in, man, it's a great opportunity for you to turn your focus to God and recognize, you know what, God, I can't wiggle my way out of this situation. I need you. And the very final thing to be aware aware of is, man, it, it can be an opportunity for God to be glorified. Now, I'm like anybody else. I do not like discomfort. I do not like it when things don't go my way. But this life's not about me, it's not about you. My hope is that we will be a people that will say, God, in all things, how can you be glorified? Because when God is lifted up, when Jesus is lifted up, Jesus said, I will draw all men to myself. People need Jesus. And my hope is that we will be a tool and a vessel that God will work through so that more and more people will see Jesus. Heavenly Father, I am grateful for your word, and I thank you that you are an unshakable God. And Lord, even whenever our backs are against the wall and we don't feel any hope, God, we have hope in you because of who you are, because of your power, and God, you are a good God. Lord, I pray that we will see more and more of you And I pray that this church, this group of believers, that we will be a people who will lift up Jesus above all things. And I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.